All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into a, uh, another episode of Conversations with Quotations. I am Carr, joined by Branson, Branson. tonight. And a quick note about Conversations with Quotations. What exactly is Conversations with Quotations? Well, we are three gentlemen, three friends. <clears throat> I wouldn't call us gentlemen. Uh, I was using it loosely. That's a stretch. That's a, that is a little bit of a stretch. But we are three teachers and coaches. Uh, we work in the middle school setting. And, and we're still stuck in middle school. Permanently, I believe, yes. at this point. Mentality, attitude, sometimes intellectually. Sometimes, yes. It can be debated. But uh, as I said, the three of us knowing each other for many, many years now, it makes life a little bit more interesting. And we often interject quotes. Into, into everything we do. Pretty much. Every conversation, every interaction, every... Anything. Just just for example. Life. For example, we, me and you both coach track here at our school. Yes. We are the assistant coaches. Yes. At one point, I guess this might have been the first year I te- uh, coached track with you. Yeah. I think the entire team started quote- quoting the movie Heavyweights. Yes. Which was made way before any of our students were born. And some of them went home and watched it on Netflix. I and think it, started incorporating the movie into things that we did. Yes, because I said we're not running with buddy partners anymore, and somehow that turned to into uh, the buddy system. Exactly, where we don't run in buddy system. We try to chase the person in front of us, and instead of running in buddies, we if you see somebody doing that, you yell buddy, and everybody else has to respond. Yes, and so it's things like that that we do on a daily basis that livens up our academic environment. Just, I think, environment in general. Environment in general, academic environment, non-academic environment. So that, that's, that's, that's a quick synopsis of what our podcast is about. Correct. Is being stuck in middle school life. Right. Middle school mindset. Middle school know, state of mind. Billy Joel quote again. Huh? That's, I, that's about the only time we'll ever. That's, that is true. And <clears throat> we will try to come up with more puns as we go. There's also going to be some sound effects like this. Every time that uh, we catch ourselves quoting something, we may ring the bell. Or referencing like referencing something educational like uh, PLC, yes. PD, uh, I don't know, I'm out. RTI. Ooh. So anytime. PBIS. PBIS? Yeah, positive behavior. Oh, sorry. I wasn't thinking about that one yet. We're not talking about the TV channel. Oh, see? That's where I was, my mind went. So th- just that's a quick synopsis of what this is going to be like. Uh, we're going to incorporate things from our lives. Right. You know, being coaches, we follow the world of sports. Right. So let's go ahead and give a shout-out to our man Tiger Woods today. Fifth I'm, Masters win. I'm just going to be honest. I didn't think it happened. First major since 2008. Yeah, it was something like 5,000-something days he'd won the Master. 5,817 wow. or something. I don't know. But Big, I, big, big ups to Tiger Woods. I, I'm – I'm not go- a big golf person, so I'm not, not going but- to comment too much on it. I just to see where he's gone the past couple of years. I never thought he'd get back up. To no, this I point. never did either. Like I, I think I didn't honestly think he would ever win. I never thought he'd win another major. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. And then to go to Augusta and win. I didn't even watch any of it. So was it like I close? followed it? Was it close? I, I, I followed along the scores and. I basically saw it on Facebook. I saw it was thirteen under at one point. That's about all I saw. That's pretty impressive at Augusta. I mean, yeah. But you are a professional golfer, so get out there and do your job. Yeah. So, but, Quit complaining about your back. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 
my back's starting to hurt just thinking about it. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Tiger, if you ever listen to this. If you ever hear this, we did not mean it. I'm, I'm sure you're, you're never going to hear it. But uh, Branson and I are also in the last six weeks of our Masters, or even shorter than that. Forget really. that. I'm like in the last assignment. You're in the last assignment. I've got three assignments left. But we are pursuing EDS. Some people kicking and screaming, others yes. a little bit but more willing. Part of my class this eight weeks is um, book reports. Right. You know, those things we used to do growing up to where we'd read a book and then we had to write an essay about it at the end. Yes, you Unfor- unfortunately. unfortunately, yes. The old school traditional method. Yeah. I, I'm I'm one of those people that I did not enjoy reading. Like you and I have had multiple conversations about this. You enjoy reading. I do. Um, just about anything. And I think I never really have. Um, I will. And most of the time when I do, it's on vacation. But you, because when you saw this, you kind of got excited. And I was like, I did. Hey, and so the, the quick is that we have two, four, six, eight books here. Who do we appreciate? <laughs> yes. Eight books here that we were reading. Right. They're all the characters uh, have a significant learning disability um, of some sort. Okay. And so me being a special ed teacher, this is in my wheelhouse. Right. This is in my wheelhouse. This is my life. Right. And so this was a unique challenge. Right. But my teacher being the awesome instructor she is, she gave us a menu of options we can choose. We can order whatever we want. You just can't order the same thing more than three times. I, I see. What Which is really hard for me. Because you know, you've went out to eat with me enough to know that when I go somewhere, I already know what I'm getting. I mean, when we go to the varsity, I know what I'm getting. I, when we go, in, we go to Gallo Loco down here, I know what I'm getting. Tacos. Ta- no, that's only on Tuesdays. I don't get tacos when they're not a dollar. But, but so, and you know, so, so far I've ventured out a little bit. I made a newspaper. Um, I've done the traditional PowerPoint a time or two. I made a video, which was, you know, really interesting for me because I wasn't using traditional broadcast type stuff to make this video, which means you have a background in. Right. Both of us are, you know, very. You were, you were always more on the audio. I was only more on the radio side, especially when I got into college. Right. And I was a little bit more TV editing, video Mm -hmm. production. So it was, that was a stretch for me because I was not in my comfort zone. Right. Uh, I made a comic strip. I didn't (laughs) read comic books growing up. Did you draw it? Actually, I used the, I used Paltoons. Oh, Okay. But it was really neat because, you know... I've seen some of your drawings. You've seen my sketches. I can't even draw a football player right. Um, but that was just some of the things I did. And then you've been hounding us, and by us, there's a third person that's normally involved with this. The Eli Manning. Not the quarterback, but the Eli Manning. See, now you did it that time, not me. I just didn't want people to listen thinking that Eli Manning was going to start showing up on the show. But you didn't say that Eli Manning. I didn't say that Eli Manning. I just said the Eli Manning. For, let's preface this with he's not here to defend himself, so we can throw him under the bus all we want. Yes. Who has to move on a Sunday? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> By the way, Katie, if you ever listen to this, I'm sorry for that comment. <laughs> James dropped the cushions <laughs> off the couch yesterday. Sorry. Um, but Eli Manning, they were, they were born a little bit – Apart. Apart and different did not, states. Did not know different parents, did not know that was gonna be turn out to be one of the quarterbacks in the NFL. But he's a good guy. He'll be joining us on the next podcast. Some sometime. Event, eventually. Later. Later. <laughs> um so that's that's sort of where we're at. And so for mine, I emailed my teacher and I said, My buddies and I are starting this podcast. Right. Can I do this for our, one of our presentations? Was that on there? 
It was not. She, she was said it, that we could, if we came up with some other ideas, we could. Was there something her. similar like to it? Like a, uh, let's see here. So you could do a painting or a drawing, a newspaper. You could write a poem, PowerPoints, prezies, video clips, a written paper, the traditional 35-page, right, double space, 12-point right. font. You could make a picture collage. You could do a cartoon slash comic strip, or you could write a parody song. You didn't bring out your inner Weird Al? I did not, no. Once again, you'll probably hear me sing on this show, and it's not advised. No, it is not. It is not. So I reached out to the, her about this because me and you have history in broadcasting. And we've, we've discussed this for the past, year. I don't know, maybe, maybe year. Maybe Six months. Year. Six months it's to been a, year. a while. And a lot of it's been coming up with ideas. And it has been. And matter of fact, we came up with the, the <clears throat> name. You came up with the name. I, I think it was just. It popped into your head and it sounds good. I'm an idea person. And then I came up with our tagline, the three teachers and coaches talk about life permanently stuck in a middle school. Yeah. Um, so off we are. So when I emailed her about this, she said, go for it. Try it. To quote the Joker from Batman, and here we, we go. go. And so we're going to look at a, the next book up for me right now. Okay. It's called Fish in a Tree by that, Linda Hunt. That's not possible. There's a fish in a tree on the cover. That's not possible. I'm just telling you. Right below where it says, a New York Times bestseller, there's a fish in a tree. But fish don't live in trees. They don't. So is that... Part of the... That's yeah. a little bit of it. Okay. Don't you love those books that the title has like that one link to whatever you're reading? Or a movie that has that one link? What do you mean? Okay. Let's put it this way. Okay. Me and you're... We, we go see movies quite often. Me, you more than me. Yeah, I'll probably see just about anything for the You popcorn. will. And we went and saw Avengers Infinity War together, correct? Did we? No, I'm sorry. Me and Manning went and saw it after you had already seen it because we. But just, we we've seen we've the, seen a lot of the movies. The DC together. movies, yes, together, which you have loved, and I. I know. I went by Aquaman today. Can't lie. Of course you did. Okay, but anyways, do you know that they based like the the fourth the final Avengers movie off of one line from Infinity War? Um, Doctor Strange says we're playing for the end right, game now. Praying for the end game. Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. This, this whole movie that's now. That's when him and Tony are on yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this book. Like while, we, we can't beat him here. We have to beat yes, him in the long, the yeah, long game. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, it's not necessarily like the main idea. Of it. It's not like, uh, or even remember the Johnny Depp movie, The Secret Window? Yes. That window made like a five-second appearance in that movie. Yes. So while movie. Fish, it was. It was awesome, though. The mind twist, dude. Yeah. The mind twist. And I, I, I'm sort of like you. You put Johnny Depp in anything, I'm going for the popcorn. There, there are some people that I will see just because they're in the movie. I'll go see the movie just because they're in it. I'm that way with some people. Natalie Portman. Uh, I would almost see anything with McConaughey. Bradley Cooper. Oh. I love me some Bradley Cooper. Oh, dude. That's my man crush. You still got to bring me Stars Born. But we, we, we digress. We digress. <laughs> Let's get back into Fish in a Tree. There's going to be some rabbits being chased throughout this thing. Um, fish in a Tree. It's about this little girl named Allie. She is right. leaving fifth grade, going into sixth grade. Allie is not very successful when it comes to school. Okay. Even though she's got a brilliant mind. She uh, also uses behavior, her negative behaviors, as a way to avoid doing things that she's not confident in doing in the academic classroom. Stop me if you've heard that before, middle school teachers. 
Nope. Nope. Never heard. They never had that happen before. The phone is currently not ringing. The phone is not ringing. So no middle school teachers have ever seen that happen before. Well, she goes into the sixth grade and she hears that she has a teacher named Mr. Daniels. And she thinks that Mr. Daniels sounds like this old guy sitting up in front of the class wearing a sweater vest. You know, I Mr. Rogers. Mr. Oh, see, I wasn't thinking Mr. Rogers. I was thinking more of this guy that's got the horseshoe hair thing going on. You know what I'm talking about? He's bald on top, but yeah, he's not yeah. letting the sides go yet. I gotcha. He's, he's not fully embraced what's happening. Yes. And maybe he has a strange relationship with cats that he has more than one. Or Jeopardy. Or, or Jeopardy. He's, not, he's, he's in mourning right now because Trebek is battling cancer. Yes. So that, that's what she sort of has, and that's what I thought of when she started talking about that. Okay. Well, she, and I, th- I think the other thing that is interesting, you said she's going from fifth to sixth grade, which in our district, fifth man, to sixth grade is not a big deal because you're already in middle school. Yes. And in this book, she doesn't change schools. Okay. So this is not like you're leaving the elementary school and going to the middle school or junior high school. Right. It's sort of like our building. So you're moving from fifth grade up to sixth grade. But for some, some for some districts that is that is a so big it could movement. be like a culture shock of like yeah you know getting adjusted to the new school. As a teacher that deals with fifth graders coming from the elementary school from fourth grade, I understand that. And to all those teachers that are those transitional teachers, we give you mad props. God bless you. Amen. Um, but Ali is having these negative behaviors. Mr. Meanwhile, Mr. Daniels is not this old guy in a sweater vest and reading Chaucer at the front of the room. Okay. He's this younger guy, this younger male. Chaucer. I, I don't know. That was your first, not Shakespeare, but Chaucer. Shakespeare is the fast and furious of literature. Billy Shakespeare. Billy Shakespeare. Anyways. Anyways, rabbit hole. Um, Mr. Daniels is this young teacher right? who's treating his kids personable. He's building relationships with his kids. He's trying to build that trust with them. So we shouldn't do that. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> brings me to my next point here. Mr. Daniels, I, I, I really like this guy. <clears throat> and I've talked to you about this in prep. I feel as if we understand Mr. Daniels very well. I would agree with that. We're both young males in the teaching profession. And let's face it. When I say teacher, what image pops in your mind? Uh, like a traditional one with like either a lady with like the pearl necklace and glasses that are about eight times too thick and, you know, old hair, gray hair, about ready to get out of the profession. But I mean, if I think about it from our perspective, I mean, all three of us are around the same age, early thirties, early thirties. Um, you know, you're talking about he builds relationships with her. I feel like that's how we are with our students. We care more about the student and the relationship than sometimes the academics. Um, I feel that if you build that relationship, the academics will come. Yeah, and I'm not saying that we don't hold them to high standards or we don't have high expectations or we don't focus on academics. Um, I think that just this is you know Branson theory 101 is that if you build a relationship with that kid they're going to work harder for you I agree with you and they're they're willing to try they they see the investment right and me and you fought that battle not against each other but we fought it with other people right this is not our first teaching stop no no and it's and it, and we fought it at every I fought it at every building I've been into yep and it's not a negative thing. I'm not saying that teachers that don't do this are not right. No, not at all. But I feel like I see the result. I see the proof in the pudding on my end. I think I think everybody has their different teaching style. Um, one of the best teachers that is within our district 
um, you know, former track coach and uh, I know very, who you're going to already. Very strict and very high expectations for his kids, and he will tell you that coming in. But he will tell you if he doesn't prepare his kids for essays and for writings and English that they will see in college, then he has failed his kids. Um, but does his job very well, and um, a lot of the kids have him very as very memorable. Whereas um, you know other teachers can be memorable for other reasons. And so I think um, there's a lot of different strengths in teaching. It's just kind of finding your niche and also finding your niche and somebody else that has a different one. And that way you can play off each other, which can help the student as a whole. So Allie is now in the sixth grade room. She's with this teacher that's building relationships, trying to do positive reinforcement, doing all, investing in them. Right. And he starts to realize that she's using this negative behavior to get out of things. And the principal, Mrs. Silver, is tired of seeing her. But we also got to give you a little bit of backstory on Allie because you're going to start to see some things that you realize, and we've, we've gathered this information before with our students, is she's not just facing the battle from 8 to 4. It's not just a battle 8 right. to 4 for this child. Right. There's something else. There's, there's, there's a life outside of school. Right. Her father is overseas in the Army working on tanks. Mm-hmm. Stressful situation. Her mom is a waitress at a local diner, probably struggling to make ends meet working at a diner in a small town. Yeah. She has an older brother, Travis. He works at an auto repair shop. This man is mechanically inclined. He Me. doesn't, he's, he, he's not like one of these guys that wants to open up the book to the specs in the factory <clears throat> and say, to remove this water pump, I got to. He Detach knows how, A, B, and C. Yes, right. he knows how to do it. Right. He said at one point, I believe he even said, I just, I can tell. I was born knowing how this stuff works. Right. And he has dreams of wanting to open up his own auto repair shop. Right. So there's, there's, the, there's the outside. There's the non-eight to five stuff. For I Allie. think one of the interesting things that you point out about that and that um, I don't know if we just see it a lot in our community or if it's kind of a broader theme, but, um, you know, first off, that's awesome that her her dad is overseas and in the military. I know that's that's a very high stress situation, not only there, but that parent back home, whether male or female, is basically a single parent. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of brings a whole new issue demographic. Right. Yeah. To the situation. Not saying that they are technically a single parent, but it can seem like that. Mm-hmm. And so that's a whole different struggle. Knowing a kid knowing a parent isn't there and acting out even more because of that, or um, so that could add a different level. Allie starts working with Mr. Daniels and he realizes her struggles. He sees it because he get, he gives them all notebooks, composition notebooks, and asks him to start writing. He goes, "I'm not going to mark you whether you're right or wrong. I'm going to write you some notes. I'm going to ask some questions." I want to make some observations. He said, I'm not going to make it look like my pen bled all over your paper, though. Right. And I think that that's step one in reaching kids. Getting them to, to open give up, you, to give, give you me something, something in return. Yeah, and okay. not necessarily tear it to shreds. Right. Building that confidence in them. Right. But it's he a also, different way of making a relationship. Mr. Daniels is also, at night, working to go to school to become a special education teacher. Once again... I see myself in Mr. Daniels because that's what I did. Right. Um, I'm working on it right now. My master's is in special education. My EDS is going to be in special education. Um, 
So I, I get his struggles. But he pulls her aside and says, I want to help you something. I want to teach you chess. This is how he reaches out to her. She comes in and starts playing chess with him. By the third game, she's beating him. She didn't even know the pieces of chess for game one. But she could strategize and see the moves coming and be able to figure out how to counterattack what may or may not happen on the board. Okay. And then from there, he goes into, he goes, Allie, I've spoken with your mom. I've spoken with the school psychologist. I've spoken to the principal. I think you have dyslexia. Whoa, hold on, time out. Red. Thank you. You're welcome. Dyslexia. Tell me what, without looking at the definition I've provided to you today. Right. When I say dyslexia, what do you think of? Um, something dealing with words. I know generally um, you think of like letters or numbers even with math, like flipping and moving on the page and... Mm-hmm. Or, you know, just not necessarily being able to <clears throat> decode those words in general. All right, uh, without going to Webster's, because I feel like that's something that you do at a, uh, a roast, is go to Webster's <laughs> and, and start Wikipedia is always right. Official definitions. Sorry, we're in, we're in our classrooms. Something's and, buzzing. And, like, the computer server happens to be in my classroom for the whole building. And it's making some interesting noises, so I hope we have internet for a while. Um, But here we go. From the Mayo Clinic. Dyslexia is a learning disorder that involves difficulty reading due to problems, identifying speech sounds, and learning how they relate to letters and words and decoding, just as you mentioned. Phonemic awareness is a big thing of it. I'm sick and tired of hearing the word dyslexia, and people go, oh, that's where you put that seven in for an I, or the E is backwards, or you can't tell the difference between a B and a D. It's not a black and white definition. Right. It is varied. It's vast. And I think that that's something we have to learn to address as educators. And we'll get to some more things about dyslexia here in a little bit, but I just wanted to hit that right there. And so he starts working with her. And one of the neat things I thought he did was to help her work with words instead of writing it down on a piece of paper where she's uncomfortable doing it already. He gets like a, um, a metal baking pan. Okay. And a can of shaving cream. And lets her work with the words there, associating the letters and things with different textures, different things, chalk, some different things. Once again, working on trying to associate words, letters, sounds with different feelings and hitting other senses. Unique. It's very, it seems very, uh, kind of hearing that from a teacher's perspective, very intense, mm-hmm. but also a lot of time commitment dedicated to that, not necessarily... Just in school, but out of school on the teacher's not necessarily, not necessarily something you want to put into your 45-minute lesson on observation right. day. Right, Yeah, seems to be a little bit more than that. But so he goes on with this, and he starts working with it. Allie starts making progress. She starts learning more and becoming more active and more confident. When you get a student's confidence up, things go great. Right. Growth happens. And so that's one of the things that happens. So far as to where they have their election day for class president. There is uh, the popular girl, Shay, who is the <laughs> arch nemesis. I'm sorry. I just com- – that's such a popular girl name. It is. But the, uh, the arch nemesis, if you will, of Allie. Allie beats Shay in the class election. Sorry. I was book. actually going with like a beat down. But. Oh, beat down. Okay, okay, sorry. I was doing the whole. Okay, sorry. Arsenio <laughs> Hall, you. if you're out there, holler at me, dude. Um, and Allie's got these two friends by her side throughout the novel. Um, there's Keisha and Albert. Albert's a name that's 
as we, as we said, Shay's a popular name. Albert's not really one of them. And it sort of summarizes his character. Albert is a little on the chunky side. Okay. He's from what we would call the wrong side of the tracks. Okay. Albert, um, Albert gets picked on a lot. Okay. Gets bullied by a lot of kids. Does he, is it because he won't stand up for himself or is it? It's a little bit of both. Is it the outward appearance? The awkwardness to him. Okay. He's awkward. Um, he, his dad is an inventor. I'm doing air quotes there. Okay. Uh, he's trying to hit it big with his invention. Right. I think the family struggles financially. And I don't think there's a lot there at the end of the day that's extra. Gotcha. And I think that that's... To kind of invest in Al. Yes. But Albert is brilliant. You tell him something, he remembers it. Gifted in math and science, can recall things, can answer it without you finishing the question. He's that kid. Right. <clears throat> but he gets picked on a lot. But oftentimes by younger people even. And he becomes part of the group. Keisha is sort of that one girl that's mean in your classes. And I don't mean mean as in like a mean girl type thing to where she's the popular mean girl. This one's the one that she's not afraid to have to throw down if need be. It's kind of hateful. Not necessarily hateful. She just, she, she marches to the beat of her own drum. Okay, I got you. She's wearing combat boots and black leggings type I, thing. I've got, I've got a picture in mind. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm associating this. I'm, I'm trying to associate these characters and putting with people we know. I'm or thinking about even a, back to my childhood. Even. Or can make a connection. To or can make a connection yeah. to. But she loves to bake, of all things. I know, right? I mean, middle school girls. Un, I'm sorry. I'm baking. Th- they can't see my face, but I was just like, really, like a scrunched up like face. And she's got this idea to where she goes and she bakes these little bitty letters. Okay. And then she'll put them in and pour the cupcake batter on top of them. <coughs> Sorry. Allergies. And she has words in her cupcakes. Like you could bite into it and it'll say, wow, or boom, <laughs> pop. I'm thinking of all the Batman words I can right now. Kapow. Kapow. Oh, that may be a That's little a much. Big one. Snap. Um, crackle. No. Pop, maybe. But she does this, and she comes up with different words, and she gives them to people. Okay. And they become very, very close friends. Okay. So much to the point that they all start changing things in their relationship, much like all middle school relationships change. They're going along one day. They're walking, and the bullies that harass Albert and leave him bruised and beat up confront Albert in front of the girls. The bullies don't stop at Albert. They start messing with Keisha and Allie. <clears throat> and at this point, Albert sort of snaps. And not snaps because it's as not Because it, it's not him, it's his friends. Yes, and that's exactly what he says. And he's told the girls previously, why should I let it bother me? Why should what other people say about me and do to me bother me? It's not, I don't need their approval. I just need to be happy with myself. Albert may be the most advanced slash woke person in this novel. <laughs> yes, I just use the term woke. He is woken. <laughs> You're losing it, I know. I'm sorry. That was, that was a good I one. I wasn't expecting it. I know. And he stands up for himself and his friends. More for his friends than himself. But through that, you see his confidence grow. Right. At this point, Allie does something that middle school girls don't do very often, I think. She confides in her friends, and she breaks down in tears almost, and she does cry a little bit. I don't think it's uncontrollable sobbing. Right. 
and they, they're, they're concerned about her. And then she finally lets the cat out of the bag that she tells them that she can't read. Her I friends mean, don't question her. I, I mean, that's pretty courageous just because, you know, knowing myself at that age, like there's things that I wouldn't have wanted to tell anybody. Especially something like that. Or, I mean, just to have to admit that you're... Struggling? Ma- struggling, or maybe you don't feel as smart as everybody mm-hmm. else, or maybe that you... This is going on at home, or whatever. Yeah. And that, that was, to me, that was like when the circle grew tighter. Right. By the end of it, Mr. Daniels has worked with Allie. She's doing well. She's a class president. She's getting good grades. She's not having these negative behaviors anymore. And she goes, she gets sent to see the principal one day. And she's talking with Mrs. Silver, the principal. And she's been in there a lot of times in trouble and things like that. And um, she sees a quote on the wall. And she's trying to say it out loud. She's trying to say it. She's trying to say it to herself. And Miss Silver stands behind her and she goes, Allie, keep going. She goes, I can't. Can you help me? And Miss Silver says, I'd love to. And she reads the quote and it says, sometimes the bravest thing you can do is ask for help. What a, what a statement. Or just a, a very powerful moment. Like, that she doesn't know what it says, but yet she's asking for help. For doing, the first time. And doing with it, this person. And doing exactly what the quote says. Oh, yeah. And making a meaning, meaningful connection with that person. Me, uh, with a person that she's not had a lot of positive interactions with previously. Let's say, and, and this is no knock on principles. They get, a, they get the they, they get the shaft. They get a bad rap. They e- do. Even if they're considered a quote unquote good one, there's always a group out there that's like they're awful. Well, you got to think about what a principal's job is most of the time: dealing with discipline. Right. I know that at the end of the day, what happens in a school building reflects on that principal alone. Right. They are the ones that, when the rubber meets the road and the data comes up at the end of the year. It Good all, or bad, it, it falls on them. Yeah. And then from there, it's the trickle-down effect. Right. Thank you, Reagan. Here is an opportunity. <coughs> Sorry. Where a principal has that positive interaction with the student one-on-one. I don't want to say that it felt like all was forgiven, but if there was a moment of forgiveness slash redemption, this was it. Well, I mean, I think that's the type of moment that – keeps you going uh, like as a teacher from a teacher perspective like, i think even for a principal sometimes right or an educator i guess oh yeah, yeah anyone in this profession because that's those are the moments that you want to connect with mm-hmm. like you want to have one of those moments every day it's not going to happen there's gonna be ups and downs but there's one of there's moments every day where like you know we had this conversation with somebody the other day about hey there's a better way to handle this or mm-hmm. hey there's a better way to do this or even a conversation that I had was, you know what? I'm proud of the way you handled this because previously in the year you did not handle it that way. You made a bad decision and you felt the repercussions of it. And I think that – And now all those repercussions are falling on somebody else. And so because of how you handled that situation. So that's a powerful moment. <clears throat> and I think that me and you knowing each other and working with each other as close as we have the past four years – We've, we've, we've seen that several times. Right. Like, I can think off the top of my head, there's oh, I mean, four or five name. students right now that I could sit there and go, right. was, if it wasn't for the investment you made, 
Not you. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just me, though. No, but I'm just saying, I, I'm thinking of them for you. There's a group of five that I can sit here and say right now that if there's a group of five students out there that because of the connection you made, that student could come and do something out of respect and their admiration for you. And there's one in this building to this day that's come to me even when you weren't here for some days saying, Branson's not here. I don't want to get in trouble. I need to come to you. Okay. Or I've went and said, hey, Branson's not going to be here today. You need to do right. And she said, okay, I'll do it for him. Right. And so that's, that's that investment. That's what Mr. Daniels has done. And then at the end of the book, after all the work that Allie's been doing with Mr. Daniels, she's not got a lot of support at home. As I said, mom's working this job. Dad's overseas. Her brother has not really been helping her with her homework. He keeps saying, Allie, you're better at that than I am already. He doesn't feel confident in himself. He's lacking something. And it's revealed that Allie introduces Mr. Daniels to her brother Travis. Because Travis, without being told verbatim in the book, appears to have dyslexia as well. Which brings us to our interesting fact for dyslexia. I did not know this until I started doing prep work. Dyslexia appears to be hereditary. Interesting. That if your sibling has dyslexia, you have a 40% chance of having it as well. If your parents are dyslexic, you have a 49% chance of having dyslexia as well. I mean, that, those are interesting stats just because um, the parents' stats of the kids doesn't surprise me necessarily as much. But the fact that siblings like ha- mm-hmm. are that high, basically up close to a 50-50 oh, yeah. chance. Well, and I thought it was really interesting when you look at some of the causes and risk factors. Um, there's the family history that could be one. Premature birth or low birth weight. Um, exposure during pregnancy to nicotine, drugs, alcohol, or infection that may alter the brain development in the fetus. Um, and there's even some individual differences in different parts of the brain. And it sort of leads me to my thoughts. And you've heard me say this before, not just about this, but about like ASD, SLDs, all kinds of things. The human brain is so vast and so complicated that we know very little. In, in the long, in the end game, we know very little <laughs> about the human brain. You see what I did? That's, all, that's what conversations with quotations is all about, is linking things together. I mean, yeah, I think that is uh, <coughs> that's definitely interesting that um, they can be linked together like that. And, you know, we kind of talked about this before that he kind of reveals that, mm-hmm. he being Allie's brother, kind of reveals that, and Allie reveals that to her friends. Well, I mean, thinking about the human brain, like I had two eye surgeries mm-hmm. when I was little, so um, I was like, I guess you could say somewhat delayed just because, you know, you have the surgeries, you got to wait for your eyes to heal, then you put the patch over the eye to strengthen the other one, and then you put the patch over the other eye to strengthen opposite one so for a while not only was I just the youngest in my grade graduating when I was like 17 but also you know being roughly six to eight months behind for a while um took a lot of perseverance to get through that but um there's a lot of coping that goes into that like you know Allie for a while tries to get out of trouble instead of dealing with academics or um you know that's maybe a negative way a positive way was just you know, a little bit of perseverance or trying to work through that. Um, but, you know, 
I think one thing that we can kind of tie all this together is a lot of it goes back to family, not just genetics, but what, what happens outside of school. Mm-hmm. A lot of it goes up back to those relationships, what happens in school. And then how is the kid bringing all this together? Are you reading these notes I gave you? Uh, no. You're not. Actually, you're flipping through them, well, rattling I'm, your brain as I'm going through No, this. no, you're reading things, and I'm sitting there going, man, you're talking about all kinds of things that are already in these notes. And not to, not to use a uh, Brian Regan quote here, but hooked on phonics working for me. I mean, I was one of those kids. I, had, I, I was hooked on phonics. I was hooked on phonics. Uh, I wish I still had that kit. And that, that's I would just, use it today. That's just part of the you know, struggle that I had. Is and I think that's part of where my lack of interest in reading comes from. Is I guess it goes back to that where I didn't enjoy it at that time, therefore I don't necessarily enjoy it now because it was a lot of extra work. Um, so, anyways, I, I agree that 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 sort of happens. Um, overall thoughts of the book, and I know we talked about this previously between me and you. This book is two hundred and sixty-six pages. For the story itself. Now there's some additional pages in the back, the acknowledgements. There's some. I'm seeing some pictures. There's I'm some really, pictures. That's what I'd Allie be staring was at. A, Allie was an artist, and uh, her grandfather used to love reading her uh, Alice in Wonderland, and she loves the book. She still has the book that her grandfather read to her out of it, and so she made her own sketchbook of impossible things. And there's some, you know, some inside jokes from the book um, that go along with it. I think that's a very interesting – speaking on, you know, different books, that's a great book for her to um, be oh, able to draw The with. imagery right. that would come right. with it would just sort of associate itself to, you know, and already just, associating symbols with words and being able to use those pictures, or, those brain pictures. Or just a different way, you know, this is kind of going out to all teachers. Not necessarily every assignment, but ones like that where you can give students a different opportunity to express their knowledge – I mean, I think that'd be a great opportunity for them to create like a comic strip like we were talking about earlier, for them to do something drawing-wise uh, for a student maybe that is struggling or for in that way but can be reinforced through drawing or acting something out. Like I, I think I did that one. I had a student do that last year in my class. So. Another quote from the book here that I think you'll find funny, and she talks about her mind movies. <clears throat> Everyone is smart in different ways. But if you judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree, it will spend its whole life thinking that it is stupid. Yep. I mean... A mind movie flickers my brain of an angry fish at the bottom of a tree, banging on the trunk with its fins, and complaining that it can't climb it. I think of a turtle making a sandwich, a snake playing the violin, an elephant knitting, penguins playing basketball, an eagle, an eagle scuba diving. These are all things. I love the way that she associates these things with... Her own struggles. Right. I mean, I'm sorry, but a snake playing the violin, that's funny. I don't care who you are. Where's he going to put the chin rest? All right. We'll clear the cable. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Penguins playing basketball. I may be able to win that basketball game. Maybe. 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 Just maybe. Overall thoughts of the book, though. I said it's 266 pages. Yes. 51 chapters. 51 chapters. For me, that is very encouraging. Because we look at this book from the outside. Let's don't. Right. It's a thick book. I mean, that, that's a thick paperback book. Right. My kids would be intimidated by this. Well, I mean, you tell me 51 chapters, and I don't even really want to read 51 chapters. But when you take it and you divide that over the 266 pages, that's roughly five pages per chapter. So that's a manageable chunk for a child. 
I feel. Yeah. If you're still doing the whole I think I think that's what keeps some kids invested is like I don't know about you, but when we were assigned reading assignments in language arts or English class or whatever, we go, All right, I gotta read chapters three, four, and five and each one's fifteen pages and I'm sitting there going, That's forty five pages. And I'm and I'm like, no. It's all about perception, baby. And some having something you can flip through a little bit faster, I think that can help. Oh, I think that was a major part of what made it obtainable for me. And the storyline kept it going on its own for me to where I wanted to join into it. But this book was wonderful. It kept me turning pages. Um, this is a, the type of book that if I had it on vacation instead of for an assignment, I'd have done that in a day. I really think that it, it was that good of a book that it would have kept me going, turning pages, doing well with it. Excuse Good me. gracious. I know, man. These allergies. East Tennessee, the place to be. Um, <laughs> Weather changes every hour. Yeah. Today it has. Um, the content of it, I think, will do well because I think students in middle school get these characters. They understand I, where they're coming from. I think any time that you can – and it sounds like you have a variety of characters here too. You have the kid that's being picked on. You have the kind of the – Hard the knock, outcast. The hard knocks kid. Yeah. And then you kind of have the kid that... You got the mean girls. Right. And then you kind of have the kid that is kind of lost in all the shuffle with Allie. And so to see kind of a hodgepodge group come together, that's very unique. And I think a lot of kids can connect to at least one of those characters. Uh, if not more than one. Right. Like, I'm, I'm... And the good guy wins in this book. That's a big thing to me. Like, looking at the books we've read this year, Al Capone does my shirts. Ah, that was a cute little book. Cute book. Paperboy, uh, it, was, it was a little bit more serious. I enjoyed it. Brown Girl Dreaming was awesome. Um, One Child, that's the book that hit home with me the most. Wait, what child? One Child. No, what child? Sheila. I don't know. I'll have to give you the book. I don't know Sheila. I'll have to give you the book. It's amazing. What Child? One Child. Uh, but it was a true story. It was, I know, I know. You're trying to do the whole who's on first thing with me right now. Who's El Defo was neat because it was a graphic novel. But I didn't read. I didn't read comic books growing up, so for me it was a struggle a little bit. I mean, I've read a couple, but it wasn't like that. wasn't my first thing to read. That wouldn't. I mean, if we're talking about types of literature, that would not be the first thing that I gave a kid. No, because if you look at the way the graphic novels laid out, I mean, if you think about a regular book, sometimes you know the narrative goes. Yeah, sometimes it goes like straight across bet- across two pages. Sometimes it goes top to bottom. Sometimes there's like stuff going every which way. So The orientation of it's a little bit different. Right. Um, Out of My Mind was a great book. I thought that it had the potential to be like this fish in a tree, except for the bad guy, the good guy didn't really win at the end. I felt like there was a disappointing ending there. I'm trying not to give any spoiler alerts, spoiler alerts out there right now. But this one, the good guy wins. John Wayne rides Spoiler around. alert. We've done a book summary of it on, just, on air right now. Maybe they didn't want to know. The good guy wins. John Wayne rides into town, beats the bad guy, gets the girl, and rides off into the sunset happily ever after. So you would recommend it? I would recommend this book. Nice. To teachers, to students. Um, if you have a child that you think has struggles, this may be a good book for you to read with them. Or maybe it's somebody that you can connect to. Maybe someone you can connect to. I, I just think it's, it's that good of a book. And Miss Hunt, well done. Well done, man. Well done. Round of applause all the way around. She can't, she can't see. She can't see that we're, that clapping, we're clapping in circles, in circle, but we are clapping in circles. Around. Around. 
So uh, we're going to wrap up conversations with quotations for today. Um, and I'm, I'm glad. This has been a positive. You feel good? I feel good. I feel positive. And, you know, that, that book has a lot to do with it. I'm zen. Sometimes we don't always leave on a zen note. We don't always leave on zen. Sometimes some of us are very angry. I'm, I'm now on my last book. For the, the class. You can see the light at the, the end light of the tunnel is getting bigger. It's getting bigger and brighter. My, I have one assignment have, left. You have one assignment left. I've got, after we complete this, I've got two. I've got the book Wonder We're up there. next. Ashley, my wife, uh, <coughs> did a, they do a whole thing in her fourth grade team about that. So a lot mm-hmm. of your kids, if you ever did that with them, a lot of your kids that had my wife would... Uh, recognize that and so I've heard a lot of positive things um, and I would say you know read the book before you watch the movie the they did come out with the movie I think it's got uh, Owen Wilson in it yeah and Jennifer Garner the mom the mom was recognizable I don't remember off the top of my head okay I'll uh, I'll IMDB that real quick while we're talking about but she does like a whole like be kind thing so it's it's, and not to give anything away but it's about uh, different perspectives like uh, they keep reliving the same events, but it, you see so and so's perspective versus oh, other nice. people's perspective. So it's kind of like Crash. Like, oh, if you ever saw Crash. I, I was thinking that same thing. I'm kinda glad like, you went there. Kind of like Crash. That speaking of a movie that had a mind twist for you. And if if I'm wrong on that, um, blame my wife for the misunderstanding on my part. I will tell you the book when I get done reading it next week. So that's conversations with quotations. We'll have. Another part coming out to you soon. Hopefully, we'll be at full strength. Uh, Julia Roberts. That's who Julia was Roberts. She oh, was nice. In. Nice. That's a big cast. Oh, Owen Wilson's one of those guys that we talked about earlier. I may go see a movie just because he's in it. I... But I got I got sort of disappointed. What he and Marley and me. That was a good one though. Was it? I was not. You, ones. me, and Dupree was kind of where I drew the line. Yeah, that maybe that, that was that wasn't yeah, a good one. Okay. Marley and me got me. What was the What was right the here. one? Uh, was it? It wasn't Enemy at the Gates. What was the one uh, where he like was an airplane pilot and he got shot down? And uh, that seems like a really serious. Oh, it was like Gene, Gene Hackman was in it. It was like Gene Hackman was a commanding officer and he had to get out of uh, Black Hawk Down. No, oh. it was not Black Hawk Down. That happened in Somalia. This was like in a cold weather. Owen. IMDb is your friend. If you don't have IMDb, you need to go. You need to get that, especially for conversations with quotations. Yes, if you're going to follow this, we're going to go down a lot of different rabbit holes here. You need to be able to follow us. So, Speaking of follow us, you can reach out to us on Twitter as well. Um, At TCAR54 for me. And at CoachBranson14 for me. I'm on a couple of the other different things, Instagram and whatnot, but I usually mainly use Twitter. See, I'm I'm still getting into the Twitterverse. Behind enemy lines. Behind oh, Jack Reacher. Uh that's what? one of the Was it? I think is it, No, that's one of the Tom Clancy novels. I was right. Gene Hackman, Owen Wilson. It's a Tom Clancy thing. Um Not Jack Reacher, but it's Tom Clancy, sorry. I misspoke. It's got a lot of people you'll recognize in it, but um, not really many big names. Charles Whitfield. Um, yeah. You'll recognize him. He's kind of been some of the oh. bad guys. But anyways. Well, check it out. I'm, I'll, I will check out the movie after I read the book. You'll rec- I, I'm pretty sure you'll recognize it as soon as you see okay. it. But I want to I read the book first because that's my assignment. I do what my teachers tell me to. 
Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> on this class, all the time. <laughs> Except for reading the number appropriate of sources sometimes. I sort of suffered on that there for a while. But that's going to – we're going to call it a wrap. It's Sunday night. Have a good week, folks. Have a good week. Yeah, we're still new at this whole podcasting thing, so we're working on outros. Yo, 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 yo. So I think Branson's trying to do one for us. Well, you said rap, and I'm trying to rap it. Oh, I meant as in – It's a rap. That's all, folks. We're out. Have a good evening, guys.